0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Visitor's Bullpen. I'm host Matt Weirich alongside Kevin Haswell. Kevin, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, so me and my friends this weekend uh, went to Cincinnati and Cleveland. Uh, saw the Reds play the Marlins and uh, the Indians on Sunday. I got to see Kluber strike out 14 and 7 and 2 thirds on Sunday against the Blue Jays. Uh, crossed two more ballparks off my list. Uh, so a fun weekend for me. Um, and today on the show we have... Harry Holtzclaw, uh, big Cardinals fan, staff writer for the Breeze. Uh, We're excited to have him on the show. Uh, Should be good.
0: Yep, thanks for coming on, Harry. We got a lot of Dukes coming in, a lot of Breezers uh, over the past few weeks. So a lot of fun to have you on, Harry. We're looking forward to some Cardinals insights. Um, But yeah, thanks for coming on.
2: No problem, my man, Matt. No problem, Kevin.
0: All right, so we're going to go ahead and just jump right into it. This is a topic that's actually pretty passionate to me, which is weird because it's not super personal, but uh the true outcome trend. Now what is that you say? That's of course the outcomes of an at-bat where the ball isn't put into play, which is a home run, a strikeout, and a walk. Uh there's a recent trend in years of strikeouts are on the rise, home runs are on the rise, and there's little happening on the actual baseball field because there's these home runs and strikeouts and walks where no one's actually doing anything. They're just kind of standing around. So Kevin, we're gonna go ahead and start with you. Do you like this trend for baseball, and is it putting the sport in the right direction?
1: Uh, I think it's great for baseball. Um, What are the two most exciting things in the game of baseball? Home runs on offense, strikeouts on defense. On Sunday, I was in Cleveland for the Indians-Blue Jays game, and Corey Kluber was on the mound. 14 strikeouts, like I said, in seven and two-thirds innings. And every time he struck out a batter, fans were on their feet, clapping. There was excitement, unlike a ground ball, whereas fans were sitting down. Maybe a little of applause, but strikeouts got the fans going crazy. Then we move over to the home run. I think that the uprising home runs this season has created a, a more ex, uh, a insane amount of ex- excitement around the game of baseball. Uh, players like Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, both hitting 500-foot home runs uh, multiple times this season. The the trend of the true outcomes in the game of baseball—it's it, awesome. It's it's bringing a great excitement to the fans. Uh, it might slow it down for players, but. Man, it's exciting.
0: Kevin, I could not disagree more. Now, I agree. The inaction of baseball is what makes it so great, mm. okay? As a fan, you don't have to be paying attention every single second. I like to say it's a thinking man's game, which is a popular saying. You know, you have to break down, all right, on this kind of play, like the anticipation of what's going to happen, you can turn over and talk to your buddy, oh, man, is he going to throw this kind of pitch? Whatever. That's exciting. However, the inaction of the actual action is where that problem lies. Defense becomes less valuable. Okay, When you're not having the ball being put into play, you're not having those highlight reel defensive plays at Nolan Arenado, Manny Machado, and whoever's making over at the hot corner. You're not having and catches in the outfield by Kevin Pillar. You're missing that. Now, I think the beauty of a highlight reel is that it all happens in one clip. So you look at football, a Hail Mary pass, the quarterback throws it, the camera falls, the ball in the Odell Beckham Jr. makes a diving catch in the end zone. You've got basketball, a three-point shot. Camera follows the ball. You never cut from that. However, a home run, while it is an exciting experience, especially for someone in the actual ballpark, those highlight reel plays, you hit it, camera switches to the ball landing 400 feet away. That's an exciting concept, yes, but the fact that that is switching angles, it kind of takes away from the fluidity of that highlight. Whereas a defensive play where Arenado falls over on his back and throws and ball goes across the diamond and barely makes it in time to get the runner, that's exciting. You watch the entire time as that gripping experience happens. With a home run, You're watching a ball soar through the air, completely unrelated to the swing that you just watched. You don't get to see that launch angle. You don't get to see how strong of a home run that was because all you're really seeing is the ball flying through the air.
1: But they do switch angles on exciting plays in the game of baseball. Let's say I hit a ball in the gap. Kevin Pilar is running after it, going for the diving catch. They switch the camera angle to go to Kevin Pilar. So I really don't understand where you're going with that.
0: Well, no, but yeah, they switched to Kevin Pilar, but the play wasn't Bryce Harper lining the ball to left. The play was Kevin Pilar making that diving catch. So the actual play that is gonna make all those highlight reels is all in one cut. It's Kevin Pilar making that dive. It's not Bryce Harper lining the ball. You see what I'm saying? It's it's all centered around that player. And that's what makes it so great is you follow that player. You get to see every step, every lunge that they make. With home run, you miss a lot of that because you're watching that ball fly over the fence Harry what are you thinking on this
2: um, I'm somewhere in the middle between it um, I think with home runs especially this positive and this negatives uh, home runs are exciting I think I like home runs uh, in fact I mean, Aaron judge has turned into one of my favorite players in the major leagues he's exciting to watch because he gets, he hits the ball hard um, On the other hand, I also like base stealing. Base stealing is becoming less and less emphasized, the MLB. Uh, In the 70s and 80s, uh, the home run and uh, stolen base tally were pretty much similar, right? Uh, In the last couple years, the home run total has almost tripled the stolen base total, which I don't like. I like, like I said, I like stolen bases. I like the bang-bang plays at second. I like to watch catchers pop to pop time. Um, That stuff's pretty exciting to me, and it's getting uh, de-emphasized with each season. Um, But like I said, I also like the home run ball. And as to what you said, I love the great defensive plays. And I think those are getting a little overshadowed too, as well. And as for the walks and the strikeouts, not a big fan of them. Like, um, you know, if I'm going to go to a game like Kevin did and see Kluber throw 14 strikeouts, that's awesome. But as a fan watching from home, like most MLB fans do um, for, say, 150 games a year, um, that, that with walks and strikeouts that works the pitch count deeper and deeper that's longer at bats and uh, I am one to say that I would like major league games shortened a little bit not any crazy rules like some have been mentioned but uh uh, uh, less deep counts and stuff like that would I think uh, help me as a viewer uh, stay a little bit more tuned into a game Um, but like I said there's positive and negatives I'd give it a couple more negatives but the home run ball to me is definitely a positive
0: I like what you're saying, and I think that it's important for just the ball to be moved around. I mean, like I said before, the inaction of the action is where the problem lies. And nowadays, you can point to first base, and that's how a guy's walked. I mean, that's not exciting. All of a sudden, there was a Nats game the other day where they intentionally walked two straight batters to load the bases. I mean, all of a sudden there was a run on first two outs and all of a sudden the bases were loaded and you were just kind of standing there like, what the heck just happened? You know, that's not exciting. That's not what you want to see as a fan. You want to see guys legging out that infield single. You want to see guys diving for the bag just under the tag. You want to see that great leather play. So Kevin's trying to say something here. I'll let him have the floor. But I, I just think that having the ball in the field is way more exciting and as a fan just Gripping in general, uh, for me to watch.
1: So, if you're gonna go through Matt, what if you had to name the three most exciting players on the offensive side and three top most exciting pitchers to watch? Who would they be?
0: Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, and Nolan Arenado, hitters. Uh, Kershaw, Kluber, and Scherzer. And now I know where you're going with that. Is that's three high strikeout guys?
1: Okay. Not enough. Okay. (laughs) All right. And you know why they're so exciting? You know why all three of those pitchers are exciting? Because they strike a ton. Of, they strike a ton of batters out. Great for the fans. Also, all three of the players you named terrific power hitters hit home runs. Very exciting for the fans as well. They also
0: hit for high average.
1: That's fine, but they but they hit the ball over the fence. Very exciting for the fans.
0: Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that strikeouts aren't exciting. And I'm not saying that home runs aren't exciting. They absolutely are. I love watching good home runs. I love watching guys strike out 14 hitters. I'm saying, in general, if I'm going to watch a baseball game, maybe where there isn't any... 99% of the games you watch, there isn't going to be one pitcher dominating. There isn't going to be one hitter dominating with four home runs. There's not going to be 14 strikeouts. You're going to have somewhere in between. You're going to have either more home runs or more balls in play. And I'd rather see more balls in play.
1: You know, Aaron Judge... People saying after the All-Star break, the man is now you know the face of baseball, especially with Mike Trout injured, guy becoming the – I know I know it's ridiculous, but people are saying he is the face of baseball now. But it's because he hits home runs. People love home runs. People love to see the man hit the ball over 450 feet consistently and watch him hit batting practice, all that stuff, because it's, the home run is exciting for baseball. And whether or not they juice the baseballs is beside the point – Home runs and strikeouts are keeping fans into the game of baseball, and I I just think it's great.
2: Well, Bryce Harper's the face of baseball in my mind. I'm not even a Nats fan. I love Aaron Judge. He's not there yet. He'll get there, I think. He can definitely get there with the last name of the pinstripes, but uh, for now, I'm I'm keeping Harper. I just, I don't know, maybe call me old-fashioned. I also think, um, point I forgot to add, just about hitting, uh, I don't see, with two strikes, I don't see a different approach from a lot of batters right now. Um, I don't see uh, David Eckstein choking up on the baseball bat and slapping a single. Um, I see the same big swing that I usually see, and um, I see guys hitting 7-8 in the lineup, hitting 15 or 17 home runs instead of 5 or 6, and hitting uh, 260 instead of 280. I think that's a little less exciting. Um, That's a little old-fashioned, maybe, of me, um, but... Like I said, like I like seeing the guys choke up in the baseball back and cut their swings. Um, I I don't so much like seeing five foot ten guys swing as hard as they can on one two counts.
0: Well, you know why they do that is home runs are that's where the money is. You know these players there they're, they're just trying to get paid. So I mean I don't blame them for why this is happening. I think that Major League Baseball should take some steps towards it. And I mean I personally think the strike zone should be shrunk a little bit. But that's a debate for another day. Uh, we could definitely dive into that on a different episode, um, but good talk, guys. Um, we'll go into a couple teams now um, throughout the playoff race. Down at the bottom right now, a team that's actually made a lot of moves um, on the at the trade deadline are the Mariners. Now they're oh, they're at, entering play on Tuesday. They're two and a half games out of the wild card race, 17 out of the division behind the Astros. Um, they enter play one game under 500. Harry, mm-hmm. we'll start with you first. Do you think it makes sense that they're making moves to stay in the playoff race right now, even with all the teams in the American League that are stacked at the moment? I do,
2: and here's the reason why. When I initially heard that, I you know I'm thinking, "Oh, geez, the Mariners, why are they making moves?" Um, and they haven't done anything too too drastic. Drastic. I know they're going after Sunny Gray. I know they signed Danny Espinosa, and I know they uh, took the Cardinals. Top uh, starting pitching prospect, um, but no huge moves from them. I think that's as smart as they could get. Um, they're two and a half games out, which is extremely doable. Even though they're I think two below, um, they're not going to win the division, obviously. But they haven't been in the playoffs in a in a couple of years. I can't remember the last time they went to the playoffs, honestly. Um, and. I don't know. I, I think they're. I think they're giving the fans a little bit what they want. They're finally maybe in the race a little bit more than they usually are, and I'm sure their fans are sick of them selling at this point, um, selling whatever they have. And they're finally buying. They've got an exciting hitter in Robbie Cano, and adding Sonny Gray would help. He's a, he's a he's a big name, and um, so yeah, I think this this is kind of a reassurance to the fans, saying okay, like we're still here. We're gonna get, we're gonna give this a shot at the playoffs and uh, see if they can make some noise in that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Mariners haven't made the World Series at all in their 41-year career as a team. Last time they made the playoffs was in 2001 when they lost the Yankees 4-1 in the ALCS. So I can understand why they want to give their fans something to watch. I mean, they signed Robbie Cano, they signed Nelson Cruz, they have Felix Hernandez. They've got a good core of players, and they don't want to waste uh, the time that they have, Um, even with Felix struggling this year and James Paxton being the only really reliable starter on the team. Um, I, I actually don't think that they're making the right decision, but I can see from an ownership standpoint why they'd want to go in. I think that David Phelps' move was sneaky good just in terms of what kind of pitcher they were getting. A.J. Ramos is the guy who's talked about Miami the most, but I think Phelps was the better reliever. He has better peripherals, even though maybe the ERA and save count isn't as good. K per nine's just as good. Walks, all that kind of stuff. His whip is up there. So... Um, they're making good moves for a contender, but I just don't think that they are a contender.
1: Yeah, the Mariners trying to buy is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Um, there's currently two and a half games out of the most crowded wild card race in recent history. Um, I'm a huge believer in teams only buying if they have a significant chance at, at winning the World Series, and the Mariners do not have a significant chance of winning the World Series. Even if they make the playoffs, they'll be bounced the a wildcard game or the uh, ALDS right now, or as of July 11th, the Mariners have a 60 to 1 odds to win the World Series. Those odds don't add, add up to being a, a buyer at the deadline. Uh, we'll talk this later on about this later on, but the, the odds if the odds aren't there, you should you just shouldn't buy. The Mariners would be better off selling, revamping their roster. They, they still have a, a, more years with Robbie Cano and Nelson Cruz and Felix Hernandez. All those guys are under contract next season. So why not do what the Yankees, some of these other teams are doing? Sell some guys, revamp for next year, uh when maybe they they start off hot and they have a better chance. And you know, they have no shot of winning that division either. You know, 17 and a half games back of the Astros. Um I just I just don't think they should throw away throw away their prospects for a 5% chance of winning the World Series um, when they could revamp and have a better shot next year. Um, It just doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is like, yes, they're only two and a half games out of that wildcard race. That's not an insurmountable amount of games to overcome. But while that's true, there's two things. One, there are several teams that are in between those two and a half games. So it's not just them, you know, chasing one other team. They have a lot of ground to catch up just other clubs in American League in general. But the other big thing is that every other team that is conceivably still in the playoffs is three and a half games out of their division. In addition to being in that wild card race, while the Mariners are in the wild card race, they are so far out of their division; it's not even funny. So the only hope they really have of making the playoffs is is making it through the wild card game, and that's no sure bet. You know, why buy? Why be a buyer just to get into the wild card game, where you have a fifty fifty chance of winning, basically? Because anyone can win one baseball game. It doesn't matter if you are the Twins or the Phillies or whoever; you still have a shot at winning any given game so between that and the fact that their just roster overall is pretty underwhelming aside from that core I mean James Paxton has been a pretty reliable pitcher he had 10 strikeouts his last time out absolutely uh, having a career year however he's the only pitcher out of their projected five that's really come in this year Drew Smiley out for the year with an injury Iwakuma still doesn't have a timetable for his return from the DL Felix is having an off year Giovanni Gallardo has been horrible so like you in order to go far in the playoffs you got to have a rotation that can hang with the best and you look at the Astros you look at the Nationals you look at even the Reds so- like the Red Sox those are good power rotations the Mariners are not going to be able to compete unless all of a sudden three out of their f- three more starters basically start turning things around and the way it looks right now is that's really not going to be happening Other teams competing definitely the Dodgers are one to look at however they did get dealt a serious blow on Sunday. Clayton Kershaw is hitting the disabled list, uh, thought to be out for around four weeks with a lower back injury, which is the same injury that plagued him last year, although it is not considered as bad as last year. It kept him out for nearly two months. So this season, they'll plan to have Kershaw back by the playoffs. However, they won't be with him for the next month, so they've got to make do. They've already been dealt a couple injuries in the rotation already. Kevin, we'll start with you first. Is should they be exploring the starting pitcher market? They've been mentioned in rumors for Justin Verlander, for Sonny Gray, and for Yu Darvish, which are the three hottest names on the market. So, are any of those guys someone they should entertain, or maybe even someone from a lower tier, just to kind of help get them back until Kershaw returns?
1: It's it's the opposite of the Mariners because according to usBN as of July eleventh. Um, this was before the Clayton Kershaw uh, injury. The Dodgers had the highest odds in baseball to win the World Series at 3-1. to one. Um, Now that they have lost Kershaw for an extended period of time, it's time for the Dodgers to find another starter. Uh, the pitcher they really need to go after, in my opinion, is Hugh Darvish. Um, I think if they get Hugh Darvish, they get Kershaw back in the playoffs, and then you put out Rich Hill and Alex Wood, those, those solid four. Then you don't have to pitch Kershaw on three days rest in the playoffs like they've been doing the last couple of years. Um, so I think it's a no-brainer for the Dodgers to go after a starter um, before the trade deadline, but we'll see. I, you know, They have high odds of winning, so why not increase those chances? And they're, they're a serious contender for the World Series. So uh, I think it's a no-brainer.
2: Uh, and, and I absolutely agree with that. Um, although last year, if you remember, they went ten or fifteen games above five hundred without Kershaw, and then Kershaw came back even stronger than ever, which is which is hard to believe. But he, they, uh, they played really well without him. But um, that being said, there's never a bad time to go get another player, especially when you're um, wanting to win a World Series like they are, and really, really in the thick of things for the World Series. Also, you Darvish would be a nice right-hander for them. They have. I believe Maeda, Hill, and Kershaw are all left handers. Um, it would be nice to have a, a strong righty like Darvish in there, and it would be absolutely perfect, obviously with Kershaw going down to to kinda I mean, obviously Darvish is no Kershaw, but um that would be uh the I think the best possible thing they could do right now.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting that you brought up the right handers and left handers because while Maeda actually is right handed, their top three guys in those the top three guys in that rotation are all lefties, and I was listening to a podcast the other day um, where they were talking about if the Dodgers do end up playing a team like the Astros or another team in in the World Series, it's going to be tough with three lefties all going on the mound, especially if you fa- face a right-handed heavy lineup. So getting a guy like Darvish, who at least, give, at least gives you one right-hander in the playoffs, um, would be a great move. Matt, what do you think?
0: I think that while they certainly should be looking at a starter, I don't think they should sell the farm for one. Because, I mean, you look at it this way, they're going to make the playoffs. That's no question. And they're going to win the division, too. They're 11 and a half games up right now over both the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. So it's not like they really need... A starter to help get them there like some teams that are searching for starting pitching help are right now and where they're a couple games back in their division or the wild card race and they need that starter to help kind of get them through the Dodgers while they lost Kershaw they still have uh, Wood and Hill who are healthy as of right now and they're both scheduled to be healthy come playoffs so is Kershaw then you've got plenty of depth for because you're only going to use a four-man rotation you've got plenty of depth in McCarthy Maeda Ryu and Urias one of those guys is going to pan out and be able to be that number four starter for them. So they have a very good farm system. And credit to them for just every year, it seems like they're bringing up some guy who turns out to be a stud, whether it be Corey Seager or Cody Bellinger or uh, Julio Rias. Somebody is coming up. and just I don't know where they keep getting these guys, honestly. Um, but they are reluctant to trade those top prospects, even with the um, success that they've had uh at the major league level. So I can't blame them for that. They've got a stacked farm system. I don't think that they need to break the bank for a starter just because it's already a strength they're starting pitching. So I'd look at, honestly, more bullpen help to help in the setup area or something along those lines. is something that's really more of a need for them than the rotation.
1: Yeah, but teams don't always – you don't – Always have the opportunity to win a World Series, especially you know look at the Nationals for instance. Years past, they've had you know the season they struck they sh- for example they shut down Steven Strasburg before the playoffs. If they pitched them in the playoffs, you don't you don't know what happens. You know maybe maybe they go further in the playoffs, maybe they win a World Series. I'm not saying that's the reason they lost, but you you can't not make a deal because you, you're looking at the future because the Dodgers are by some people's opinion the best team in baseball right now. Um, even without Kershaw, so I don't know how you don't see yourself as a favorite to win the World Series and not go after it, and I don't know if I am able to trust a Maeda or Urias in the playoffs as a fourth starter, so I think, I mean, they don't have to break the bank to get a a solid fourth starter, but, um, you know, Sonny Gray, something like that, and it just doesn't happen every year, and they need to go after it like, like this is their last chance to win the World Series this year. And,
2: and I and I agree with that just because, uh, I mean, I agree with that to definitely to an extent, and you brought up them going to the World Series. They've got to get past the Nationals first, and the Nationals have three of like the top six ERAs in the National League. Um, they've got, I mean, Strasburg is firing on all cylinders along with Scherzer and uh, Gio Gonzalez. So I would much rather have, uh, you know, Kershaw and Darvish at the top of that like, uh, like like Kevin said, instead of having Urias and Maeda pitch a big game, maybe it's uh, instead Hill or uh, Maeda
0: or, uh, you know, Darvish. While it's important to, you know, capitalize on the year that you're having, you definitely don't want to jeopardize your future as much like the way that. Zahidi has run his team is phenomenal I think he's an outstanding GM and I'm absolutely just amazed at what he's done with this club but maybe look at a guy like Harry you're really familiar with Lance Lynn who's having quietly a good season would be a great pickup he's gonna be a rental free agent after the year having he's been consistent he gives you good innings he's at least gonna give you six every time he comes out so I honestly think that having him at that number four spot and relying on Kershaw, Wood, and Hill at his top three would be a very fearsome playoff rotation and one that I wouldn't want to face with any lineup.
2: Can definitely see Lance Leonard, Sonny Gray, fit in there uh, instead of Darvish, too. That would be a fine idea, too.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Moving on to our final topic, Um, we're going to switch to Harry's Cardinals, so we'll let you jump into it, Harry. The season's been disappointing to say the least. They get Dexter Fowler over the offseason, you know, come coming with high expectations despite the fact that the Cubs just won the World Series and were the unanimous favorites entering the year. The Cardinals had to feel good about what they were doing and they've kind of fallen off. They've just had Wayne Wright and Fowler hit the disabled list this week. Uh, offense has not been performing at all. The bullpen's been kind of a mess. Harry, what's your take on their the rest of the season? Should they buy or sell at the trade deadline? And what should they look at as long-term plans over the next couple of years?
2: Well, sadly, uh, I would like to see them sell a little bit. Um, I'd like to see them sell a little bit, and I'd also like to see them go after Machado at the end of the year. It's, uh, something I've heard uh, they've been eyeing him quite a bit. But as for this season, yeah, it's been pretty much a mess. Um, It started out with the bullpen from the very first game. Uh, The first game, the bullpen blew a game, and then we won the game, but the bullpen still blew the game. And uh, the bullpen's been atrocious. It is terrible. Um, They don't get our starting pitchers wins. They don't get the team wins. I don't like any of them. We have Tyler Lyons. We paid a ton of money for Brett Cecil, who I was excited for. It was a good move to bulk our bullpen up, and he has pitched so poorly, um, it is unbelievable. I can't imagine how many games he's come in and hasn't gotten maybe a loss or hasn't gotten a blown save, but he's given up runs they shouldn't have given up. Um, his ERA is above 3 5, and he is 1 3, uh, not getting any production out of him. And like I said, we just paid him all this money. Um, and then with Tyler Lyons, Matt Bowman, uh our closer O cannot get anybody out right now. Even Rosenthal is struggling and he's been on the DL this year. Really not a not one single plus side in that bullpen that I can see. Um as for the starting starting pitchers, they're they're doing their job to an extent. Um they're pitching good enough to win this win this uh to to get in this uh division. Let's say that. Um I mean, I think the Cardinals have played very poorly, and they're only four games out. So, uh, this starting pitching has pitched good enough to win this poor division right now. Um, Mike Leake is pitching by far the best on the team, yet he's seven and eight. Wainwright has been all over the place, going from pitching uh, two or three hits, seemingly shutouts, and then giving up. Yeah, I think he gave up nine runs in a first inning, and now he's on the disabled list. So he's kind of been all over the place. Um, don't see him starting much longer. I think in the next coming years, they're going to move him to the bullpen and because uh, it seems like batters are starting to get to him uh, their second or third time around the lineup. That will eliminate that, putting him in the bullpen. Um, so, I mean, I, I put a lot of blame on the bullpen right now. Um, but as for hitting, I mean, I feel like it's everything. I mean, as for hitting, we don't really have any big names, not really any, but nobody's hitting 300 on the team. Uh, and if they are, they haven't played the entire year. Um, the one upside for the hitting is it seems to be next man up, just like always. Um, they've called a couple guys up, like Voight and uh, now Braid, uh, Bader. Now that Fowler's on the DL, he is our top prospect, hitting very well in the minors, and so I'm excited to see what he'll do. Um, Piscotti came up for his first year two years ago and looked uh, looked like a veteran. Uh, this Voight kid, St. Louis homegrown kid, looks like a playing very well hitting about 270 in his first uh, 20 games. And um so that that's a positive. Next man up looks pretty good. But as for big names and uh I mean even defense, so we're I, we, I don't know the the stats, but we're one of the worst defensive teams in baseball. We have a bunch of pieces in the middle infield and a bunch of pieces in the outfield that don't really fit. Dexter Fowler's our best outfielder and he is on the DL for I think the third third time this year. Um so you know, it's it's it, they don't look very good right now, and they're four games out.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's disappointing to see, to say the least. They definitely looked like a contender going into the year, but what I think the the Cardinals should do is sell short term. You know, they've got Lance Lynn, who I absolutely think they should trade with the starting pitcher market emerging how it is, and maybe even see if you can get something for oh uh, the closer. Um, you know his ERA isn't actually horrible. It's a three three eight. A lot of teams could look at that and say, okay, we can work with that. Maybe make him a setup man on our team. So he's a free agent after the year too. So if they entertain trades for those two guys, they've got a, an aging core and a few players. And Yadi, Wainwright, Zach Duke, who uh, is coming back from Tommy John surgery, actually set a record for the last like fifteen years and shortest comeback from Tommy John surgery. Um a former Nat who actually sucked with the Nats, but since then has been one of the best lefty relievers in baseball. So those three guys are old, so you gotta kinda capitalize on their primes, but at the same time, you've got a young core that's coming in. They've got Grichuk, who I'm a huge fan of. You have Carlos Martinez, who's underrated as hell. Um these are guys that are coming into their primes right now. This is the time to capitalize. Maybe you're having a down year. Take advantage of the guys that are gonna be uh, free agents at the end of the off season, c- grab a few prospects and come back next year make a free agency signing or two and compete for that division because you look at the Cubs their uncertainty this season is opening up the door for competing down the line you know you have the Brewers who kind of came out of nowhere but y- you kind of look at part of the Brewers playing so well is that they're playing in such a crappy division so if they're only succeeding they're, they're way ahead of schedule you've got the cubs faltering you've got the pirates on the decline and the reds rebuilding this is a perfect opportunity for the cardinals to make a free agency signing or two and really step up as a frontline contender like they have the past few years absolutely and i can i can see that
2: in a name that uh i forget about often is uh alex reyes I'm uh I'm very excited. He uh I was so excited for this year having uh, signed Cecil, having seen Carlos Martinez pitch um get comfortable in the starting position, starting pitcher position last year. We I was excited to see Wainwright Martinez and Reyes looked like a possible future Cy Young winner. I mean at the end of last year he came in and pitched well against. He not only pitched well, but I remember uh, he pitched three or four times against that Cubs team and he shut down that Cubs team multiple times. Um, he's got all the promise in the world, and he went down with Tommy John just like uh, Lance Lynn did last year. So yeah, I would love getting rid of Lynn and getting some for him would be great. Um, I've actually heard that I, I like Grichik. I've I've heard they're throwing his name around in trade talks as well. Um, but yeah, the, you're right. With the Cubs showing a little bit of vulnerability, this would this is a great time to swoop in and uh, grab a couple guys, so those guys that are gone next year, and uh, see what we can do next year um you know we we it just seems that guys that come up tend to get the job done the but the couple the top couple averages on the team are tommy Pham, who has come out of nowhere is hitting he 's a lone hitter above three hundred he's extremely athletic has thirteen steals fourteen home runs uh just a big strong guy who um who who came in and played his role, same with Paul DeJong. colton wong is a young guy and 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 sierra brings and Marcus Sierra brings a little speed to uh the table all very young guys showing some promise so i would love to go out to to have reyes back next year get a couple extra uh pieces maybe s- sign someone big like machado and really get back to cardinal baseball 90 plus wins next year
1: yeah matt's idea was right on cue um the two players that could intrigue a lot of teams like matt said one of them is lance lynn uh the other one that i believe is a good trade candidate is matt carpenter uh i feel like he he hits really well um, doesn't play the field at all, uh, really can't play a position, uh, struggle at second base defensively and at third base. That's why they have him over at first base now, and they had to trade Matt Adams to make sure that Carpenter had a spot in the lineup. So I think they need to get rid of Matt Carpenter. There are some teams that you know need a hitter or have an uh, open first base spot or DH spot in the American League. Um, I think Carpenter is a great option. And you know Lance Lynn, his contract ending at the end of the season, uh, why not get rid of him and get some value before he walks uh, for free? Um, but it doesn't need to be a full rebuild. Just get rid of a couple of valuable assets. Uh, hang on to the solid core they already have. And then, like Matt said, sign some some solid free agents this offseason. Um, maybe a three or four hitter. Someone in the middle of the lineup that can drive in runs. Uh, hit some home runs because uh, they really don't have that this year. Um, but definitely get rid of Lance Lynn. And uh sh- see what the market uh looks like for Matt Carpenter.
0: Yeah, everyone's kinda honing in on that uh off season, not this off season, but the one after the mega one with Harper and Machado and a whole bunch of guys. I mean the list goes on and especially closers are a big uh commodity. You're gonna have Britton. you're gonna have uh Greg Holland if he doesn't take that opt out, you're gonna have Cody Allen, Andrew Miller, whole bunch of names. So this is not the end of the world that they don't make the playoffs this year. I know last year a lot of fans were disappointed. I'm sure Harry, you can uh, attest to that as to how they they failed to make the playoffs for the first time in a while. But you know, two years off, still contending. You know, still being an exciting team to an extent and hanging in there in that race. That there's something to be said for that. But uh, they're they're in a good spot, and I don't think Cardinals fans should be too disappointed with this season when the future is bright and they have a solid core that's going to be competing for a few years to come,
2: Right. Yeah, no, I'm not, not too disappointed. Um, you know, I want to see them win it again. And, um, you know, like like you said, last year's last year's disappointing. Um, me as a fan, I wanted to make a couple more moves last year. Uh, I thought we want a good amount of games, but I didn't see it translate into this year and it kind of showed, um, last year we had 8 players hit 15 home runs or more. We had a stretch of 25 games where someone hit a home run. I mean, this year we have 0 players with 15 home runs right now. Zero, not a soul. Um, like I said, last year we had 8. That's that. I kind of knew, you know, you knew those 8 players weren't going to do that again. Not that 15 is an absurd number, but I mean, a couple players were hitting more home runs than they should have. I mean, Jed Jorko hit 30. I mean, he's not going to do that ever again. Um, so... So I didn't I saw some so I, I saw a small decline coming. I mean, like I said, I was pretty excited for Alex Reyes and he uh did go down with an injury, but there is definitely excitement and uh doing a little bit of sailing and then having some fun in the off season with uh the loads of money that they do have right now. Um that that's definitely is in their best interest.
0: Yes, sir, yes, sir. Well, that's gonna wrap us up for today. Thank you all again for listening. Uh check us out next week. We're gonna be on itunes starting next week so you'll be able to subscribe to us on there we're also working on spotify and a few other platforms so keep out in the coming weeks you'll be able to listen to us wherever whenever so we are excited for the excited for that development and yeah thank you all again for joining us i'm matt weirich follow me on twitter at matt talk sports this is my co-host kevin harry thanks for coming on guys have a great one
2: thank you guys for having me thanks guys